Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted to be able to tune in with us yet again for today's show. Now, before we do get into the top five stories doing the rounds here in Thailand, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and give us an old share on social media if you can. If you like listening on the podcast player, there's a link down below in the description, as always, where you will find all the available podcast players where the show is on. And finally, if you like the show, if you get some value from the show, if you want to support the show, there's also a link down below where you can buy us a coffee from the buymeacoffee.com website. So now that that's all said and done, the homework has been completed we are going to jump into the top five stories as i said doing the rounds here in thailand today and the first one is coming out of the bangkok post wage hike pledges slammed as the country marks labor day on monday activists have expressed concerns over campaign promises made by parties to abruptly raise the minimum daily wages to levels they believe are unrealistic the Putai Party, for instance, have pledged to lift the sum to a single rate of 600 baht, while Move Forward Party, MFP, has promised to raise the minimum wage to 450 baht per day in every province. Currently, the minimum daily wage here in Thailand is 353 baht, while workers in Chambari receive 354 baht a day. Their counterparts in other provinces receive a slightly lower rate. In the last general election campaign, similar promises were made by several parties. The ruling Palang Pracharat party pledged to raise the daily wage to between 400 and 425 baht, a promise which has yet to be fulfilled. Meanwhile, Putai back then promised voters it would increase the amount to 400 baht per day. None of these parties have ever seriously supported movements by labour groups calling for a realistic bump in wages, yet they are now promising workers a ridiculous minimum rate, said Sangsuan Kunsoang, leader of a group of workers from factories and Amnoi in Samutsakan. These promises are being conveyed only to win the election, she said. Worse still, none of the parties has mentioned how they will deal with the inevitable hike in consumer product prices they will, that will follow any across-the-board rise in income, she said. Now, a manager of a Thai of the Thai Labour Museum said that although he supports proposals to raise the rate, he has yet to be convinced that the country's industrial infrastructure will improve anytime soon. He bases this assertion on what he has seen from the parties to date as they campaign for the May 14th election. Even the Yinluk Shinawatra administration that promised to raise the daily rate to 300 baht and actually implemented a policy when they won didn't contribute to the country's industrial infrastructure. Technology and research and innovation play a key role in development as we have seen in countries such as South Korea, Singapore and Taiwan where wages are high he said. In his opinion, Putai will never implement a 600 baht minimum wage and will blame that failure on a lack of support from its partners in a coalition government. Since the policy was announced, the prices of certain consumer products have already gone up, according to Chantip Lohatsetsuan, an activist working with a network of workers in the informal economy. However, a Putai list party candidate insisted the pledge is realistic, saying the party also had other policies that will help transform Thailand into a so-called digital country by 2027 and see gross domestic product grow at least 5% per year. By then, every worker will earn at least 600 baht a day, and while the whole family will be guaranteed to earn at least 20,000 baht a month, he said. So these are the promises that are currently being put out by a bunch of parties here before the general election. And as they rightly point out, the ruling party in the current government promised a 450 baht per day increase. Now, he, they've been in government since, what, 2019, and they've done absolutely none of that. Now, of course, we could put into the fact that we did have 
COVID during this time and probably the chances of increasing salaries during this period would have been a lot more difficult but yet they've never mentioned it after they ever after they got into power so it's probably going to be a similar thing I think to Putai if they were to get in 600 baht does seem excessive when it's currently 350 or so baht I mean that's a huge increase it's you know it's nearly doubling well not doubling but you know where I'm coming from and I'm not quite sure businesses at this point in time can afford that too I mean if you're paying 350 baht a day as a let's say a small business and suddenly you have to pay 600 I mean how long can you reasonably think you're going to be able to go in business especially if you're not earning a huge amount either also in the hospitality industry this would have severe effect I think on hotels and obviously room rates I think an increase in salary like this in the hospitality industry for example which is something Thailand relies on so much would drive room rates right up but that is inevitable of course now is it wrong that people get a 600 baht a day salary I think there's nothing wrong with it really though I mean it's 600 baht what's that about 15 euros a day 16 euros a day I don't know around that it's not a very great deal of money that's a day we're not talking per, per hour like in my own country of Ireland I think people get 10 or 11 euro an hour so this is 15 euros a day for working you know your nine hour shift in whatever a hotel or a factory or wherever it may be so it's not a huge amount of money either and people have to live on this kind of low amount of money as well so I mean everybody's entitled to earn a good living as well so I think maybe there can be a balance possibly found in all this by the time the election has passed and they do sit down to really talk about it but I really hope that people remember that they did promise these things and that if they get into power that they have a duty to at least try to implement some of these things and certainly not sweep it under the carpet and try blame somebody else but that's just my opinion on it all now moving along to another story that's coming out of Thai PBS world police say 14 people are thought to have died in serial cyanide poisonings 14 people are believed to have been fatally poisoned by a female Thai suspect being held in custody, 36-year-old Sarat. But police are currently only investigating 11 of the cases, according to Police Colonel Anek Tasoaparb, Deputy Commander of the Crime Suppression Division. Arrest warrants have already been issued in three cases, including the case of a female victim named Siraporn, a police officer named Nipa, and Rod Jarin, a vegetable vendor. Police Colonel Nick said that they're in the process of collecting sufficient evidence to substantiate the other potential cases against the suspect. CSD officers are said to ask the criminal court to issue additional warrants against Sarat in eight more cases. And the cases stem back between 2020 and 2023. Now, one victim in Kanchanaburi, Kantama, survived the attempt on her life. A meeting of police officers investigating all the cases is scheduled for tomorrow at the Region 7 Provincial Police Bureau. Police Colonel Alex said that he also expects an updated report on the death of the suspect's former boyfriend. Now, this is a story that has been doing the rounds for the last week or so. Now, I haven't done it on this show yet because I'm still a bit confused by it all. But it seems that there is a woman who's been basically killing, a serial killer, in essence, has been killing people with cyanide for the last three years. And possibly, if she only started three years ago, it probably might be even longer. They finally caught up with it. And I'll research this story a bit better to find out the ins and outs of it. But they have her in custody, of course, now. And, I mean, she's up to, I think it's, what did they say, about 14 murders at this stage? poisoning people it's absolutely crazy but then again i think 
personally there's probably a lot more serial killers here in Thailand that has never been arrested because I, I think a lot of things here in Thailand get swept under the carpet or are put down to misunderstandings or just some bizarre events like have you ever noticed that foreigners always seem to commit suicide by hanging would never do it in their own country but here in Thailand it seems to be something that happens an awful lot I think these kind of stories do show that no matter where in the world we are, that there's bad things happening all the time. And this is just another case of it. Now, moving along to one of the top stories, 83 Indian tourists land in jail over gambling charges in Pattaya. Chambri police arrested 83 Indian tourists early on Monday for allegedly playing card games for money in a convention hall in Pattaya in a Pattaya hotel. Asia Hotel in Chanbury Banlamung District was raided just after midnight on Monday and also led to the arrest of four Thai men, two Thai women and four Myanmar women who allegedly served as car dealers. Chambury Police Chief Major General Kampon told reporters after the arrest that police had received a tip-off that many Indians, tourists, had checked into the hotel on Saturday and were scheduled to check out on Monday. Police were also told about the convention hall being turned into a makeshift casino. When police arrived, they found the 83 Indian nationals, 71 of them men, playing a baccarat and blackjack. The suspects tried to flee but were captured, Campal said. Inside the hall, police found four baccarat and three blackjack tables along with 25 sets of cards, 160,000 Indian rupees in cash, 92 mobile phones, three notebook computers, three card dispensers and chips to be exchanged for cash later. Campal said police believe that 1 billion rupees was circulated in the makeshift casino. One of the Thai women was identified as Sitaran Kawalar, 32, who reportedly confessed to organising gambling trips for Indian tourists. She said they were charged 50,000 baht each, which covered airfare, food, airport hotel transfers, as well as hotel rooms. She said she instructed the hotel to keep the convention hall off limits to the staff. She added the card dealers, cards and gambling tools came from India. The tourist reportedly played cards from 1pm to dawn during their stay at the hotel. All 93 are in Pattaya Police Station to face charges. Again, a very silly thing to be doing, especially coming to Thailand where we know that gambling is highly illegal and we do see that there is an awful lot of raids and arrests here in the country, particularly in Bangkok. But then you have Pattaya, Phuket and places like this where it is known that they just don't tolerate this unless you've paid off the right people. In this case, obviously the right people were never paid off and this was allowed to continue. As for the Indian gentlemen who are caught up in this, I'm sorry to say, red card, back to India with you because that's what it's going to be for you guys. You'll be deported and you won't be coming back to Thailand anytime soon. A little bit silly, probably didn't do the research, probably thought it was legal, who knows, but in Thailand certainly gambling is not legal and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. If you ever get involved in it, get out of it as quickly as possible because if you get caught, you will get arrested. And they're very strict in some parts of the country about this. And it's a, you know, just beware that these things can happen. Now, on the opposite side of things, police raid a nightclub in Pattaya for transnational crime and overstayed, and they find nothing. Police inspected an entertainment venue in Pattaya in a crackdown on people involved in transnational crime and people who have overstayed their legal visa to stay in Thailand. Last Friday night, a team of officers from Chambri Provincial Police, the Pattaya City Police and immigration officers inspected Ying Club on Pattaya Third Road in central Pattaya. 
More than 100 Thai and foreign tourists were in the nightclub. Police checked ID cards and passports. Urine drug tests were conducted on a total of 9 Chinese, 8 men and 1 women, a Korean, 4 Indonesian, 2 men and 2 women, 32 Thais and 64 staff. None of them tested positive for drugs and no illegal items were found. Police also checked many cars in the parking lot for possible weapons or drugs but found neither. This is the third nightclub raid in the past week in Patia with a similar game plan of drug testing all patrons and staff and checking all passports. Previously, Pattaya police raided popular Asian club Hollywood in North Pattaya uh, during the week. They also raided the Panda Club, popular with Chinese tourists on Walking Street. Pattaya police have warned these raids will continue on a regular basis and claim they make tourists feel safe and protected. News media notes that many of the of their readers and critics on social media disagree with the statement from police, saying it makes them less likely to go for a night out and afraid of possible corruption. And this story has been going on for quite a while, and I think I've spoken to you guys here about it, how it actually doesn't happen in Phuket at all, but it certainly is happening in Pattaya. There's a lot of raids by police, but they claim this is to protect tourists, but yet it seems to be they're only the places they're going to are all frequented by Asian tourists, let's say. Uh, Chinese, maybe Koreans, etc. And they're doing these raids and drug testing and whatever else they're doing and telling them that it's there to make them feel safe. I don't know how that makes a tourist feel safe. I think as uh, the news media from this article said, people feel less safe. They feel like they don't want to go out, that you're going to go out to a nightclub, you want to have a fun time, and the next minute the police are all barging in at 10 p.m. at night, raiding the place, lights on, drugs test, show me your passport. How is that protecting anybody, a tourist? In fact, you're just making them feel uncomfortable and unwelcome, and this kind of stuff, in my opinion, needs to stop. If there's a legitimate reason to be raiding a nightclub, then fine, but just doing it for the hell of it and telling everybody, well, it's to keep the tourists safe, when in fact, there's no way that's keeping a tourist safe. And even still, even if there was somebody on overstay in the nightclub, I really, really doubt they're posing much of a threat to any tourist in that nightclub. It's all a bunch of nonsense. And I do not understand how they have not figured out that this is not the correct way to be behaving right now. For three years, Thailand has in essence been closed to the outside world. All these places had been shut down, haven't been able to open for so long. Bars and clubs are being absolutely brutally you know, attacked in terms of the government policy. So now there's opportunity for them to make money. They've managed to stave off COVID. They've managed to you know, survive it. And now they have to deal with this nonsense. Imagine you have this police raid on your establishment. It goes on for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Your night's over. You lost your money. I mean, they don't seem to care about that. They just can't seem to care about, I mean, and the police in particular seem to only care that make sure you get, get the photos of us coming in. Look at us. Make sure the media are there to catch us. Get lots of pictures of us standing around, you know, doing our job. Look at us. We're protecting tourists. I don't know in any other countries where this goes on and they claim it's for the protection of tourists. I don't know. But I'd love to know, guys, what you do think about it. I mean, if you're going out in Phuket or Pattaya or wherever it may be I mean if you knew this kind of stuff was going on there was these raids and they're going to start urine testing you in the thing in the middle of your night out would you go out in Phuket or Pattaya or Bangkok or would it turn you off from going even turning up in the country if the reason why you're going to Pattaya or Phuket or certain parts of Bangkok is to party and have a good time would it stop you going I'd love to know your opinion as always and finally Phuket airport runway hole causes a flight delays People boarding flights to and from Phuket International Airport have been advised to check to check with their airline for any delays following delays starting yesterday resulting from a hole in the runway. 
The advisory came via the Phuket Info Centre, operated under the Phuket Office of the Ministry of Interior, as airports of Thailand have yet to recognise the issue. The issue was raised by the online flights community Wingtips, which posted that at 3pm yesterday, flights scheduled to land in Phuket had been put in a holding pattern. Citing Flight Radar 24, Wingtips reported that the Boeing 737-800 serving Shanghai Airlines Flight FM 858 had been held in a holding pattern west of Phuket as it had not been approved to land at Phuket Airport. Recommended two passengers who have flights to and from Phuket today to check the travel schedule from the airline again, said the post. The Phuket Info Center reported that the AOT Phuket, which operates Phuket Airport, had announced an incident resulting in aircraft being unable to take off or land due to the runway being closed. Now, the Phuket Info Centre noted that the announcement was made at 3.20pm yesterday, despite AOT not posting any recognition of the delays even by this morning. According to the announcement, the repairs to the runway were to be completed by 4pm yesterday. However, the Phuket Info Centre last night posted an update confirming that the runway repairs had yet to be completed. Instead, AOT Phuket was now expecting the completion to be repaired uh, by today. And again, more nonsense, I think. It does make me wonder what kind of material the Phuket runway is made of. It's not the first time this has gone on, and I rarely hear this in other countries, but especially in Phuket, there seems to be always issues with that runway. Now, I don't know, is it because it's beside the sea? Is it because of the different weather conditions? But it does seem to have an awful lot of problems. And if there's any of my listeners out there who might know about this, I'd love to hear your comments about why Phuket Airport runway seems to have so many issues all the time. So if you do know about it, please leave it down below in the comment section. And guys, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in yet again. As always, I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your opinions. Leave them all down below in the comment section and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care and stay safe. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.